0: This is Formula SAE FastCast, the official podcast of the Formula SAE series.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of FastCast. We are here with Kaylee Zundel, the program manager for Formula SAE, as well as the Dynamics lead team of Corey, Matt, and Laura. You know them from last year's podcast that we did about the Formula SAE Michigan Dynamics changes and We are doing another podcast on the same topic, a little bit different this year, Um, some really cool changes ahead potentially, and they are looking to get the information out to you guys as well as get some feedback back. Last time we talked to them, we discussed the changes that we made for 2017, Uh, some timing changes, some schedule changes, some location changes, some procedural changes. So I just wanted to check in with you guys, see where we are with Uh, How all that worked out, what has changed for this year, uh, and where we stand.
2: I guess we can start with the Friday schedule because that was our big discussion that we had for 2017. And uh, basically, we were very happy with how everything went in 2017. We got a lot of great throughput data. It seemed that the teams did a nice job balancing going to the events throughout the day. We were a little nervous that everyone would wait until four o'clock. Friday afternoon to try and hit up all three events. And luckily, most teams did not. Uh, there, That was a good move on their part. Uh, it did also help that we had relatively good weather and kind of didn't incentivize going at any particular time during the day. Uh, but what we did is we took a look to see when were events the busiest, uh, what was the pattern for teams. When were they running their first drivers? When were they running second drivers? How were they navigating the different events and what they tended to focus on uh, one over the other? And basically, after looking at all of the different data, we found that we don't really need to leave the events open all day to meet the throughput needs but we still understand that that flexibility of having um, the option to choose which event you go to when and work within your schedule for each team is a good thing so our compromise is we actually are opening all three events a little bit later we tend to see that At 9 o'clock, not many people are interested in running. Uh, Usually, we have about two to three teams that are ready to go, and then we have nothing for 30 to 40 minutes. So we're going to start all the events uh, um, either at 10 o'clock or for Autocross, it starts at 10.30, and then run them until 5 p.m. We are going to leave Skidpad open during lunch again. That was a good enabler to keep things moving, and we found we were able to run it. On a smaller crew to allow most of the volunteers to take lunch together. So we're going to continue to do that, but there will be a lunch break for acceleration and autocross at different times. So definitely look for the post-it schedule for what we came up with. And we will obviously continue to monitor the data from this year and then going forward and make adjustments as we see fit. Uh, But we anticipate as long as the teams continue to work with us and, and plan to go to the events throughout the day, not wait until last minute, that this should be a good fit for everyone.
1: I'm sure teams will be happy to hear that, (laughs) that we've chosen to keep the events open um, for the majority of the day. That's a direct result of um, this team that is on this podcast finding the right blend of keeping the volunteers safe and happy as well as finding something that works for the team. So kudos to all of you guys for making that happen. And uh, a big thank you, I guess, to the teams for actually following through and not waiting all till the end of the day, which was a big fear. So two years ago, we changed the location of acceleration. This year, there's going to be another location change.
3: Yeah, so Laura and Matt um, and Corey will talk about the the big change that's going to be endurance here, but uh, that change does affect practice, but only for the Saturday in which endurance takes place. Practice will remain out on the track um, in its previous location for Thursday and Friday, but on Saturday, we will actually relocate it um, to the front of the track uh, at the very end of where acceleration would end. Um, and that's just mostly so the students still have a chance to go and scrub their tires and, and get on track a little bit. It won't be as as full and as fun as the current practice um, track that they will experience on Thursday and Friday, but it will still serve its purpose. Um, and one thing that's actually kind of nice for the students is that fuel station's right there. So it will be less of a push for them. So let's get
1: right into the, the big change for 2018, which is an expansion of the endurance course. First, does this affect autocross? And then I guess we can talk about how it's going to affect endurance.
3: It doesn't affect autocross at all, um, being that operates on Friday. So that track will remain similar to in the past years. Correct. Yeah. Um, I mean, Matt, obviously, who's on the podcast, designs the tracks. So um, he can speak more to that um with regards to autocross and endurance but um it shouldn't affect autocross.
4: Yeah, there aren't there aren't many impacts to autocross. I think this year's course may be a little bit longer than it was last year, but that's more just due to the design of the course than anything else. The only real impact to autocross is that the photographer area won't be there. Just by the way, we're setting things up. It it'll be in the way in a sense, so it gets to become a bit of a challenge to have it in the same location that we've had in years past, out by Gate Twelve. So that's the biggest impact to autocross. But otherwise, it autocross should run very similarly to the way it did last year for everyone who was there.
3: Yeah. So that Matt actually makes a good point. Um, one of the things that will impact teams in general for both Friday and Saturday is the the photographer area we used to have on track will no longer exist.
1: Will we have a solution at all for those teams that are looking?
3: Not this year, right now, um, just because we are constrained in which we can operate the track. We have to leave so much, you know, barrier room between the track and the barriers for safety. Um, and in past years, bringing in a lot of water barriers to ver- make a very skinny, you know, area that students could be. In between water barriers and the actual NASCAR barriers just wasn't ideal. Um, So it'll be a little rough for this year, but I think some of the changes that Matt and Laura will talk about um, with the 2019 course um, will alleviate that. But if a student has a really good camera, I mean they could walk up to the fence and they can take the photos that they really need. I know it's not ideal, um, but to have the better course. Um, which Matt and Laura will get into the reasons of why we're doing this for this year based on what happened in 2017. It's just the compromise we have to make this year. And we'll have a photographer, SAE. Um, we'll have a photographer on on site. Um, we've actually had him for the last two years. Um it's just and we just need to do a better job at making those photos available, you know, out for the public.
1: Yep. I think that is an easy solution for that this year is to get them on series resources and teams can access them right there. All of the the uh, photos in full resolution. Yes, there won't be a photographer area. However, we have a solution that will be waiting for you guys. In the in the future years, that'll be something that we can try to work on for a better solution that helps the teams as well. Okay, so let's get into the, the official.
3: <laughs> the why. <lie. laughs>
1: so we talked a little bit about the The endurance track is expanding. Do you want to go into more details about that specifically?
0: So last year, we had a record number of teams. I forget the exact number, but it's more than ever. And uh, not only registered, but also uh, were able to qualify for endurance and then also finished endurance. So it was just a record year uh, number-wise. And then we had amazing weather. It was gorgeous and beautiful and, and a really good time to be out all day. Um, everybody was pretty happy about that too. And we didn't have any breakdowns. We didn't have any fires. We didn't have any oil spills. We didn't have any real time consuming issues where the track was down for any significant period of time. So you put all those three things together and you think about the fact that we started uh, at our normal time and we didn't finish till like five 15, And you, and and knowing that this coming year, one of those things isn't going to happen. Either we're going to have bad weather or we're going to have even more cars get uh, get in or whatever. As, as the progression has been every year, we've gotten more and more cars qualify for endurance. So we're, we're running into a, a constraint wall of time and resources and such. So in order to alleviate that, we're going to extend the track down into the practice area, making the track, I don't know, 20, 25% longer. And instead of running, say, seven cars at a time on track, we'll have maybe nine or 10. So that should reduce the amount of time it takes during the day and give us a little bit of leeway on uh, if we have an oil spill or a fire or whatever.
4: You know, and one thing we talked about, Corey, right, is one way to solve that constraint was obviously to have fewer cars register for the event, but we didn't like that answer. We thought that was you know, unfair to all the folks who had worked up until October and were trying to get into the Michigan event. So we wanted to keep that number of registration slots similar to years past as opposed to just reducing the problem that way. We wanted to try to find a way to just increase our capacity. You know, Corey mentioned that we're lengthening the track, so I think it's probably actually going to be more like each individual lap will probably be something more like 60% longer if not more than that. I think my rough calculations that we'd probably have 12 or 14 laps as opposed to 20 or 22. So the you know the length of a lap will be for a lot longer than it has been in the past, but we think by doing that we can we can get a lot more cars on the track at any one time as Corey mentioned. So I think the biggest changes will be that you know every driver will drive a lot fewer laps but have a little more variety in the course and I think one of the things that we liked about going into the turn two practice, where we run practice uh, during the rest of the week, is that it's a little wider down there, actually. So normally we have, I don't know, it's 180-ish feet of area from where the the banking starts until we go to the inner wall, you know, that we then try to stay away from. As we get out into turn two, it gets a little bit wider, you know, closer to 200 workable feet that we can actually use. So we, we actually have the ability to add a few more features that I would say point us perpendicular to the normal direction of traffic as opposed to straight there and straight back, which we find a little bit repetitive. And we can imagine not wanting to drive 11 or 12 laps in a row uh, as an individual. So that's part of one of of the reasons we liked this as an option for the change. And then last, we thought it would also be fun out there because the banking is pretty wide to, to use some of that as well. So you'll find probably one or two course features that make sure that everyone has a enough ground clearance and a suspension that is able to uh, go up and down on some of the banking. We, we're not going to try to take it into a way where it's particularly aggressive, but we think it's worth having some use of that area since it is a different type of dynamic ops tool.
0: That option that we'll use on the banking, uh, it'll have, it'll be an option. Uh, there'll be It'll, the course will be set up in such a way that you can take a tight line and avoid the banking or you can take a, a wider line, wider, faster line, uh, faster in speed, not necessarily in time. Uh, it depends on your car. It's up to you. That's that's sort of the beauty of how we're going to set up uh, these features is that you'll be able to choose what works best for your car and your driver. And, uh, you know, the longer uh, line might be faster, but it'll go up onto the banking. So you'll need some ground clearance perhaps to make that transition onto the banking. So the teams with uh, really, really low, uh, wings and such, uh, might not want to take that line, but they might want to take the really, uh, tight line, which stays off the banking, but you got to take a tighter turn. So you go slower. Um, so it's, it's going to, you'll have your own internal team debates. It'll be uh, a good time in the pits, uh, talking about what you want to do.
3: So with mentioning that um, because that's obviously going to be something completely new to our students um, as we've not had that kind of availability. And with with I know with the large changeover that's going to take place on um, Friday night typically we tear down autocross and go right into building the endurance event. We had talked internally in our, our discussions about the course walk is not going to be available. That Friday evening,
0: I I think that we are going to have one Friday evening. It's Thursday evening for autocross that we're not going to have. We're not going to have the Thursday uh, afternoon or evening um, walk for autocross. Uh, we're trying to make it two things. We don't have time, <laughs> and and secondly, um, we want to make it more like your traditional autocross at your local uh, in your local area where you show up in the morning, you walk, and then you drive it uh, within a couple hours. You don't have overnight to think about it. Um, it's it's sort of a driver's skill of evaluating it quickly, determining what you're going to do and driving it. Um, endurance, correct me, Matt and Laura, if I'm wrong, but I thought we were going to have that on Friday evening. It might be a little later than normal, but it will happen.
2: We're going to try our best. The problem is, is because we're getting into the area where practice was, we have a lot of water barriers we have to break down. There is going to be the wall that they create for safety by the practice area. And we all know that the barrier walls are the hardest to break down and move. Um, So the plan is to move as fast as we can, all hands on deck, and really push it but at the end of the day there's only so many forklifts forklift drivers and those things are what take the most time so we will for sure have the track open um first thing in the morning for Saturday morning for people to walk it'll also be open during lunch on Saturday and then as long as we we can leave it open Friday night uh we would definitely will uh, it'll just I can't remember exactly when the site closes on Friday or when people have to leave but we'll we'll leave it for as long as people are allowed to be on site when we get done, and we will be announcing that. Um, one thing we do ask people, uh, when we're running the forklifts, for sure, no one can be out on the the back stretch with us just from a safety perspective. So if anybody wants to sit and wait, you got to sit and wait outside of the pavement area. Um, but we'll keep you guys posted through the announcements with what we're doing.
3: Yeah, and Friday is actually we have, like, the first night of the award ceremonies. We do the one Friday and then Saturday. So we will be allowed on-site a little bit later. Now, that being said, um, you know, we're not going to really want a lot of students out in the back track when the award ceremony is going on. One of the things that we haven't really announced yet this year is new for Formula SAE. We're going to have an app that students can download and volunteers, actually. Um, Anybody with an iPhone or Android will be able to download this app. So for teams, the most things, uh, you know, the most information we can tell you is just to make sure someone at least downloads it on their phone uh, because we will be utilizing that to really push out notifications for for all the team members. So if you want to go leave the site, get a bite to eat and come back to do that course walk, that's going to be an option this year.
1: We, Especially for decisions like this where we're just not quite sure how it's all going to play out timing wise. Uh, So this will be a game changer this year for teams to have it in their hand as soon as that decision gets made. Uh, So as soon as the dynamics leads, give us the go ahead. We'll go ahead and get that information out to you guys and you'll be able to start your course walk. So a little bit of flexibility this year, I guess, is needed by all, um, but ultimately with a a goal in mind of making the tracks a little bit of a more difficult option for students to really get out there and test and uh, instead of, like as Matt said, the repetitive courses. So uh, also gives us a little bit of a change up on the autocross versus endurance. So all very cool changes. And this has the potential to be... An in, in-between step, as I understand it. Uh, do we want to talk a little bit about that today?
3: Yeah, so I just want to step in real quick and and give, you know, major accolades to the team that's on this podcast. Laura and Matt and Corey, every year sit down and they spend hours going through the data and everything trying to give the students the best experience experience. Um, and, you know, last year they made great headway with expanding all the Friday dynamic events. This year, um, you know, we did it again and they really exercised different options. And although we were all probably more excited for the 2019 option, um, logistically, we knew we had to put this little transition period in there, but the amount of work that they do is just amazing. So... You know, and and I'd like to say they do it all for the students, right? But the volunteers, (laughs) obviously, um, you know, they get bored of the same track from time to time too. So they do it for themselves as well. But it is truly at the heart of making sure the students have the best experience. All of them have been past competitors themselves. So they quite, you know, they understand what the students are feeling and thinking. But I will let Laura um, definitely lead into the discussion of what we're looking forward for 2019.
2: Thanks, Kaylee. No, we 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 have a lot of fun doing this. And uh, we I'd like to think we do it all for the students too. But yeah, I have an attention <laughs> span of a gnat. So I usually get bored a little bit in uh, with doing the same thing over and over again. And I'd like to think the students do too, even those who only compete with us a couple years. It's nice to change it up a little bit now and then. Um, so when we ran into our problem with capacity that we had as Corey described, a perfect year, quote unquote, in 2017, and we started on time and we ended about when we expected to. So that we realized that was an alarm saying, "Uh oh, what happens if we do have an issue?" So we looked at how do we increase the throughput of the event to allow us to continue to accept the same number of teams. And one of the things we looked into was moving into the infield course at MIS. Uh, the infield course is run by the lemons program. I think chump car goes there. I'm sure there's other groups that get together. Uh, it's, it's not a bad track. In fact, Corey's actually raced on it uh, with his lemon lemons or chump, Corey chump, chump. Yeah. <laughs> with his chump car, his duster. Um, no, no. no. And- well,
0: actually so- I, I raced with a, a friend in his BMW uh, for chump car a couple of years ago. And it was a, it's a good track. It's interesting and fun. And you get to race from on the, On the banking from three to one which is uh from gate 50 around to the the tunnel where the car is the car tunnel and it's a fun track um and and it's it's not particularly wide but uh it's wide enough that we should be able to make some interesting uh, course features
2: yeah so we took a look and we realized we couldn't run the the full uh infield or the full MIS infield course that, that you run in chump car, just because that's designed for different vehicles. It's not ideal for the Formula SAE cars. So we we took bits and pieces and we brainstormed how could we integrate some of the infield course in with different parts of the track. And we came up with two ideas we like the best. And I know uh, we're going to have a PowerPoint post-it that shows both of those ideas, but essentially one we're calling the pit road option and then the other one is back straight. And that talks about the course feature that that it uses. Um, We like both of these and we don't like both of these. Uh, Both have their pluses and minuses. They're Basically, it comes down to the pit road option is probably the coolest we could do from a spectator perspective because people can get up in the grandstands, you can get on top of the suites like you do when you watch Acceleration. Um, The back straight is probably the most interesting from a course design because we'll be able to take the entire width of the pavement of the back straight to put in all different features. And if you look at our maps that we're posting, please don't think that's the actual map. That's just us throwing in some squiggly lines to kind of give you some representation that it's more than just driving straight back there.
4: We already have sketched out tracks that go through both parts of the course and lap sims against them to think about speed. So this has been a uh, busy year when it comes to that front.
2: Absolutely. So what we're looking to hopefully get some feedback from the students are, what do they think about this? There's definitely, you know, the the pluses are we get something a little bit different. We extend the course. We can get more cars out on track, helping our throughput problem. And then, you know, it's also an opportunity to, like the pit road option, give you a new way to watch the event. You, we'll be able to see the majority of the track from the grandstands with that option. Um, Or in the back straight, it gives us the opportunity to do more than our typical slaloms and various squiggly lines uh, that, that we're trying to get away from as best we can. Um, But if you choose the back straight option, the spectator area is tough because where we usually have the bleachers in looking in the infield, we would not be able to have because you can't access the middle of a hot track. That would be dangerous to try and have pedestrians moving over. So that's kind of the gist of what we're working through. And uh, I'll let Matt and Corey chime in with some more details with different things that we've done. But we're, uh, we're pretty excited about this. I know it was something that was hot on my to-do list, uh, but bummed that we didn't get to do it for this year, but glad that we're taking the right steps to understand how to get there. We didn't want to completely surprise the students a couple months before competition with a huge tear up like this without discussing it with them first.
3: I think one of the things to add too is, so although we're talking about this right now on the podcast, at the welcome ceremony this year for the 2018 event, Laura, Matt, and Corey will all be available um, at the welcome ceremony because they're going to talk a little bit more in depth at that time as well. So we do that at the beginning of the week so that when you see them throughout the end of the week, they don't really get a lot of time to talk to the students. But when you see them within the garage area and whatnot, it's a key time to try to grab them and talk to them. Uh, we will be sending a survey out, whether we include it in the overall event survey or a separate survey, we haven't quite um, decided yet. Make sure you're available if you're really interested in this topic, because they're really looking forward to your feedback. Yeah,
4: right, come find us w- during course walks or things like that, and I'm happy to talk it through. I think, you know, as we've thought about the infield course and Corey weigh in, I think one of the challenges we faced is, you know, it's not, that wide those areas that are actually in the grass so we you know we want to be out there and really think about and see how much can we set up features and make it a both safe and fun course that has variety that isn't you know 200 foot of straight followed by a turn followed by 200 foot of straight so i think that you know the different course setups between using the pit or the back stretch give us some flexibility to do that and we just really want to spend a little more time making sure that it's not just in our heads and on paper but uh, but we think something that would really work know, for formula cars and be safe and be something that we can also manage with the SDCA. We spent, I don't know how many hours it was, you know, talking about this. And then we all got together on a Sunday to spend even more time really putting it on on the wall and looking at it and critiquing it as a group to make sure that we felt comfortable, you know, going down this path. And I think that, you know, what, one of my, I would say pleasant surprises was how open everyone was to making such a big change. We actually weren't really, against making the change. We were just worried about some of the, the risks and making sure we could mitigate them and manage them effectively without, you know, until we had answers.
0: I think one thing we might try this year while we're there um, is set up cones on, on some of the infilled course area. And and we're going to have to figure out the safety aspect of that, how to keep students uh, away from our quote unquote test area. Um, but you may see us set up some some sections on the road course area just so that we can run a golf cart through them the same way we run the golf cart uh, out on our dynamics pad through the course to make sure you know things aren't too tight or loose or uh, whatever um we may be doing a little bit of that uh, you may see us do that just so that we can evaluate the potential for next year's course on the infield uh, road area and uh, if you do see us doing that please uh, Stay well back. I'm sure we'll have cones or people yelling at you or something.
2: Um, just wanted to remind people that we're going to stick with our new drivers meeting template, where we're we're the meetings going to be 10 to 15 minutes, going over some crucial bits. Um, so please make sure that you look at the Post-it Drivers Meeting ahead of time, and if you have any questions, bring them with you, and we are, we're happy to answer them there. Uh, that was well received last year, and and we we preferred that over boring you for over an hour. So, um, you know, come prepared and make sure you find us before things get rolling to answer any of your questions. We're happy to stay as long as needed to do that.
1: So next steps for teams are keep your eye open for the dynamics um, po- slides that are com- going to be released in the next uh, few weeks or so. Uh, also check out the course layouts that we have linked on this podcast I will also link to last year's podcast where we talked a little bit about why we made some of those changes um, from last year. So if you're interested, you can check that one out as well. And then really make make sure you put a, uh, something on your calendar to remind you to sh- come to the welcome ceremony, where there'll be this group will be talking about the the potential changes for 2019, looking for your feedback, making sure you all have a really good understanding of what. Both options are bringing to the table, both the good and the bad, I guess. And please, please, please be sure to fill out the survey when you see it come out, whether it's in the event survey or otherwise. To echo what Kaylee had uh, said earlier about this dynamics group is, uh, they truly take your feedback seriously. I've never seen a group of um, volunteers so committed to listening to students and seeking out their input and following through with it, right? I mean, that's a really cool thing to have on um, on your side, honestly, team. So that survey is really important. Please make sure you fill it out. And it drove a lot of the changes for this year. It drove a lot of the plans for 2019. This will be your your chance to give kind of some final feedback about what direction you think we should be moving for 2019. And it'll be a really – I'm sure next year this time we'll be doing another podcast on this very same topic. Uh, So that's been really cool.
3: And the next coming weeks here, probably about next three weeks, we'll be sending out one of our final newsletters to all the participants in which – Pretty much everything you will need to know about attending Formula SAE Michigan will be in there for links to um, the student handbook, to the dynamic um, maps and driver's meetings, and all the things that will be changing will be highlighted. So just make sure you read that. It helps to be prepared. Um, We think we will have a pretty fun year this year. We have a lot of new things, not just on the dynamic side, but, um, experiences for students that will be available. So all that will be in, in that newsletter.
1: Uh, make sure you listen to the formula Michigan preview podcast and download the app. And uh, that's the best ways to get all the information at this point. Uh, follow us on social media and you'll be sure to get the survey when it comes out, as well as any additional information that gets released between now and the competition about this particular topic. So thanks guys. And we'll see you in a few weeks.
0: Thanks for listening to Formula SAE Fast cats. As always, we want to hear from you. So email us at formulaSAE at SAE.org. The show notes for this episode can be found at www.fsaeonline.com. Stay safe and we'll catch you next episode.